Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Jason and Alexis podcast is brought to you by our friends at Sears Imported Autos, serving four generations of happy returning customers. Sears Imported Autos is just 10 minutes west of downtown on 394 in Minnetonka. More information at searsimports.com. Hey, Jace, did I see you drive by my house in a new car? You sure did there, Goober. I waved to you in your front lawn. Nice. I didn't know you were getting a new one. Where did you go, Jason? I went to Sears Imported Autos, and I really wasn't planning on getting a new car. But I went online. I saw a car. I went in there, and Sue, I love Sue, her service was amazing, and it really was one of those examples of customer service makes a difference. And it's not a surprise to me they've been in business for over 55 years serving not one not two not three four lex and dawn four generations of happy customers and now i'm one of them they were named best of the best for mercedes for 2018 and 2019 i mean it is really where as they say quality meets affordability the selection of their certified pre-owned vehicles will help you find like a dream car at the price you want so if you're gonna get a car don or lex sears imported autos where are they again lex sears imported autos is just 10 minutes west of downtown on 394 in minnetonka more information at searsimports.com and when you walk into sears imported autos make sure you say you heard about them from jace good morning everybody and welcome to the eight o'clock and final hour of jason and alexis in the morning on my talk 1071 everything entertainment everything horse Horse. That's right. Ooh. I'm Jace hey, with Lexon. Yes, ma'am. Yes, uh, ma'am. We, f- we figured out ceviche, which, thank goodness. Yeah. The other thing. Yeah. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah. The the man's name is Fella Cootie. Oh, I did he's, say it right. Yes. And it is and a man. He's a, It's a man, Nigerian. Okay. He is the father pioneer of Afrobeat. Okay. Fantastic. Oh. Yes, right. and there's a whole movie about him, too. Um, so I, I'm now going to watch that. Perfect. And another fun fact about him, he had 27 wives. Mm. Oh, my God. Mm. Yeah. Wow. That is too much. Let's Did you get a noble he died at 58. for that? You do automatically. <laughs> yeah. Automatically. yeah. Not at the Mark. same time, did he? Uh, let's see. I, I don't think, think so. Yeah, many Separate. of them maybe. Yeah. Let's see. Married 27 from his band. Let's see here. Whoa. Whoa. 
I doubt I they do were. do that quite yeah. deep dive, but yeah, I don't know That's if fine. they were multiples or... Yeah. Well, there we go. Yeah. To the ripe old age of what? 57? 58. 58. 58. Yeah. Congrats. Which, I mean, if you've had that many wives, that's like 20 years beyond your life expectancy, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. More than one right now sounds like that for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hello. Uh, 8.06 is the time. It is Thursday, and that means we are going down the rabbit hole and examining the weird hallways of my mind. I've said for years, I have all of this pop culture knowledge in my head that's useless except for thursdays at 8 p.m so please come down the rabbit hole with me won't you um today we are gonna look at a fun a fun day in pop culture history that you probably do not know about and that is what is referred to in sitcom history as black tuesday and it has a minneapolis collect a connection because it's about the birth of the mary tyler moore show so I'll begin by talking about uh, this is 1970. You gotta you gotta travel back with us to 1970, and as you've heard us say many times, CBS, the network, really wanted to change the look of their programming. They wanted to get rid of all their rural shows, and they did in one false swoop. And one of the shows that they put into development was Mary Tyler Moore, and that, if I can do a little sidebar which people may not realize as well, Mary Tyler Moore owes Dick Van Dyke the Mary Tyler Moore show because Dick Van Dyke had a special on CBS. Um, You know, stars back then did these like primetime specials with music and vaudeville kind of things. Anyway, and Dick Van Dyke basically gave that special to Mary uh, in like 69, I think it was 69, to basically let her shine, to put her in the face of CBS. And because of that special, CBS greenlit the Mary Tyler Moore show. Mm-hmm. So then they had to come up with a concept. Yes, they wanted Mary. Yes, they wanted to have it be a vehicle for her. But what were they going to do? So they came up. Uh, they came up with the idea of a single woman. They were they wanted her to be single. They wanted you know because the women's uh, women's rights movement the women's right movement was just kind of bubbling up and there was just a change in the culture. So they knew that they wanted to make her single and they wanted to put her in a metropolitan place because that according to the networks, was the problem with all these rural shows. They weren't attracting uh, they weren't attracting the metros. They weren't attracting uh, the cities, the more urban sections of the comp- uh, of the country. So they wanted to put Mary in a city, but they wanted something different. They didn't want your typical New York Chicago. or uh, Chicago or L.A. So as you're getting ready to hear, here's uh, the creators of the show talking about why they placed the Mary Tyler Moore Show in Minneapolis. People always ask, why Minneapolis? And I think Jim and Alan wanted um, a metropolitan area that hadn't been seen to death on television already, like New York, Chicago, L.A., and also a growing city that was full of life and young people and old people, fat, skinny, tall, thin. It seemed to have a lot going for it. They wanted Midwest. Uh, because of Mary being somewhat Midwest. And something that offered the four seasons. And this is one of the things that was different about the show. With Minneapolis, you have weather and you've got snow. It was always the staging. Mary would come into work 
and go right to the coat rack, yep. hang up her coat, put her purse, walk down to her desk. You really had ready-made staging. It wasn't just walking in, delivering lines. So they did it just because of what winter would bring to the show. How cool oh, is that? that's like, cool. It's a character. It yeah. always was, yeah. And again, the last gentleman you heard is one of the producers, and it physically on the show gave Mary something to do. It When she walked into WJM, he's right. She went right for the coat rack. <laughs> okay, so black, so CBS greenlit the show. They cast the show. They weren't real sure about uh, Ed Asner as Lou Grant, which not a lot of people know about. The, 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 the network was really not sure about Lou. But they went ahead and they, they, they let the guys, the creators, do what they wanted to do. So they decided to tape a dress rehearsal, a, a full dress rehearsal on a Tuesday. And it's the pilot that we've all seen a million times where, you know, uh, I hate spunk. You know, that whole sequence (laughs) and Mary and uh, Mary meeting Rhoda. Well, they did it in front of a studio audience at CBS. And as you're getting ready to hear the first voice, I believe you're going to hear is the director of that episode. And take a listen to what happened, because everyone thinks Mary was an instant success. And well, it wasn't. You're very sure. It was the worst disaster I've ever been involved with. It was terrible. Maybe the worst night I've ever spent at a at a sitcom. Nobody laughed at all. They hated everything. It was like the world had come to an end. It was terrible from the get-go. I mean, it was the longest two hours or two and a half hours of my life. <laughs> it, Here are the things that happened that night, which we will call Black Tuesday. (laughs) It was an incredibly hot day. And it was, A, one of the hottest nights of the year, and the air conditioning wasn't working in the studio. It was like a boiler room in that place. So we had 200 sweating people who couldn't hear. Those microphones were not working. As a result, the audience could barely hear what was being said on the stage. And there had been a bomb scare on the line. Jim and Alan did the warm-up, and to the best of my... <laughs> so there was a bomb scare. The air conditioning was off. The actors' oh mics gosh. weren't activating with the speaker for the studio audience to hear. So they do the thing, and when they say there wasn't one piece of laughter, there really wasn't. There was polite laughing, but no jokes landed. So they get done, and Mary, being the pro that she is, went out and thanked the audience and was very gracious and was like, thank you for coming, da-da-da-da-da, went and back and bawled and just lost it. Her husband at the time was also a big executive, Grant Tinker, and the voice you're going to hear here is Grant Tinker, uh, talking about uh, what happened after that Black Tuesday taping. I sobbed my way home from the studio to our house, and uh, I couldn't get my face dried after I washed it because the tears were still streaming down it. Mary's very strong, but she just kind of broke down, and because and, this was a big opportunity for her. And, she could see it going down the drain. I don't think I said anything to Grant. He had been there. He had seen it. And he said, uh, he got out of bed and said, I'll be right back. And I heard him go to the telephone. And so I got on the phone to Jim and Alan, who were, you know, having their own problems. And so I just told them, you know, in a manner of a 
of a boss who doesn't know what the hell to tell him. I just said, fix it. And he said, hi, it's Grant. Um, Mary's very upset, so fix it. <laughs> Thanks, and hung up. <laughs> and that became a joke oh. on that show, fix it. Oh. Like, if something was going wrong, it was... And Grant Tinker was Mary's husband, and also uh, the executive that was uh, kind of a network, network liaison. So when Would they, we for, might not have had Mary Tyler Moore show no, if you he wasn't didn't. if they weren't married and yeah, he didn't have, have the pull that he did. Yeah, you, what there fixed it, Jason? What fixed it was uh, they CBS granted them uh, another taping. They fixed the air conditioning. They oh, fixed uh, they fixed the microphone and they fixed something that nobody realizes. That this is this is the fun fact that I loved. The audience, even in their sweatiness, still had to fill out you know forms. The character they hated the most was Rhoda. Oh, oh my wow. gosh. And they needed to fix Rhoda because, as you're getting ready to hear, Rhoda appeared mean to Mary. Oh. So they had, so a script supervisor had an idea. Take a listen. Have some context for laughing at her. In the powwow that followed, Sitting around was the script supervisor, Marge Mullen, who said, I think maybe Rhoda is too aggressive and the audience is fearful for a darling Mary. Rhoda's screaming at Mary, get out of my apartment, this is my apartment. <clears throat> Marge said, well, why don't you have the little girl, Phyllis's daughter, who's about 10, say, oh, Aunt Rhoda's really terrific. Rhoda was really a neat person. How could you not trust her after that? And that was about the only writing change. It was amazing that everybody, the writers, Jim and Alan, had the courage to stick with the material. So they didn't change. They went to CBS, and CBS wanted a whole bunch of changes because of Black Tuesday. And the mm -hmm. writers said, no, it's not the writing. It's the air conditioning and the microphone. But they did take that one piece to heart, the Rhoda thing, and that script supervisor put the those words in that little girl's mouth by by the little girl endorsing Rhoda it gave the audience the okay to like her and not dislike her and that was the only change they taped it for a second time and as you saw in the show that eventually aired that I'm sure a lot of you've seen there was roaring laughter yes um and it went on to be a giant success and the CBS executives had to eat crow um and gave a quick quick approval to the show and the pilot, and Jason, thus, I have a question. Show was born. Yeah, um, I watch this show every day. Actually, it's on free TV. Yeah, and uh, Ed Asner, I, I'm pretty amazed by his comic timing, but I don't remember him doing any comedy before this. All I remember Ed no. Asner in before Mary Tyler Moore. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, 
Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Or was a, a kind of a side actor or an extra almost on cowboy movies. Yeah. Um, well, was, was that a hard transition for was. him? Well, that's why I'm so glad it's a great way to end this. Um, that's why at the beginning when I was saying that they, the CBS executives' big problem with this whole show was Ed Asner. And they wanted, they, they wanted the guys, uh, the creators, um, to get rid of him. Alan and, and uh, oh my goodness, I can't think of the other guy's name right off the top of my head, but um, wanted Alan to get rid of Ed, and they wouldn't because they said, Lou Grant is supposed to be funny, and Ed Asner isn't funny. He's not a, com- yeah. he's not a comedy guy. Mm. But they stuck. So it's another example of creatives being told by non-creatives how to be their job, how to do their job. And sometimes you got to You hire these people to do their jobs. Trust them. And uh, it's a great example. If if, if the creators would have followed the bonehead executives suggestions, Mm. the Mary Tyler Moore show either wouldn't have happened or would have been very different. So the lesson, never listen to your bosses. Okay, 818, we'll be right back. Warning, here comes a cliche, ladies. Your smile is your calling card to the world. Yeah, even though people can't see our smiles on the radio. Well, they can sense we're smiling even during your dad jokes, Lex. Um, Dawn, I don't know if I would categorize that post-joke look as smiling. Rude! All jokes aside, your smile is so important. And if you don't like yours for whatever reason, it can be debilitating. It can really affect the quality of your life. And that's why we're so proud to represent Dr. Amy Hughes at Hughes Dental. Dr. Amy has her fantastic virtual smile consults. Here's how it works. You email Dr. Amy with your smile concerns. You can even upload a pic at Hughes-Dental.com. And Dr. Amy will send you back a private video message detailing an action plan. And here's one of the best things. There's no pressure to buy. She doesn't believe in that stuff. This is your year to change your smile. And yes, here's another cliche, change your life. And she's the best at cosmetic dentistry. Don't you have a fun nickname for Dr. Amy, Jace? I sure do. The Yoda of cosmetic dentistry. Trust her, we do. Very good Yoda there, Don. Contact Dr. Amy and take advantage of her virtual smile consults at Hughes.com. Dash dental.com. And don't forget, Dr. Amy can be your regular dentist too. She's my regular dentist. Again, that's Hughes Dental.com. This is a My Talk Dirt Alert. We are everything entertainment, and we give it to you right here in the Dirt Alert with Elizabeth Reese. Hello, Elizabeth. Well, good morning, everybody. Nice to be good with morning. you on this Thursday. Good morning. Yeah. Morning. Uh, okay, more Marilyn Manson stuff to talk about today. Uh, Game of Thrones actress Esme Bianco is the latest to accuse Marilyn Manson of terrifying abuse. She says that he repeatedly cut her with a knife, bit her, whipped her. Sorry, this is bold for Whoa, this early this in the morning. Really- but And wow. chased her with an axe. Um, Oh, my goodness. So she's 38. She's an actress. She's British. And she said that he had been her teenage idol, which kind of reminded me of like Katie Holmes and Tom Cruise, you know? Yeah, Yeah. it does. She adored him as a teenager. Uh, That he controlled her like a prisoner when she left her husband to live with him for two months in 2011. 
So she said Marilyn Manson went from being a massive role model who helped her through tough times to a monster who almost destroyed me and almost destroyed so many women. And this is what she said. This was interesting. Uh, Esme Bianco said he is not a misunderstood artist. He deserves to be behind bars for the rest of his life. And this is what we've been talking about when the women who are accusing him of um, abuse are calling him by his name, Brian Warner, instead of his onstage persona, Marilyn Manson. And I think that's an important difference. And I think they're doing that intentionally because it seems like people can excuse weird, creepy, bad behavior if it's in the name of performance art. And they want to be clear that this Mm -hmm. is not an excuse, that he was not acting as Marilyn Manson, that he is a human and they are human beings who were abused. I think that's very intentional. It's smart to do. You need to humanize him because otherwise he feels like a caricature. Right. And like, well, of course, what did you think you were getting into? It's Marilyn Manson, right? I mean, and unfortunately, um, victims of abuse have to have to get out in front of what the excuses will be made about their alleged abuser. Yeah. It's interesting because she, um, she testified, uh, to California lawmakers about her abuse, like Evan Rachel Wood, who, um, was also with Marilyn Manson and who was, has been talking about this. She was kind of the first in this new round of, um, of allegations. Uh, but Bianco didn't name Marilyn Manson when she testified in front of California lawmakers, just like Evan Rachel Wood didn't name him. And now they are out of fear, out of fear. Yeah. 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 Yes. And again, sometimes Ugh. when there is smoke, there's fire and there is a lot of smoke coming out of that house. Yeah. And there she says she says Marilyn Manson's public persona was a telling insight into his real behavior. Here's what she said. He's told the world time and time again. This is who I am. He hid in plain sight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think that that's his defense? Yeah. That it was consensual, that yeah. they knew what they were getting into. Yeah. That this is their relationship. Yeah. I mean, Esme Bianco has lots of, she has photo. there's photos of her scarring. I mean, oh I'm just, gosh. that I'm looking at. And it's, she said she called her family hiding in the closet at one point. I mean, it's a very sad, dark thing. Yeah. You'll be happy to know that the Gorilla Glue lady underwent a procedure and things are looking up for her. I literally wow. just watched the procedure uh, a few minutes ago. <laughs> yes. yes. Did it involve some little scissors? Yes. No. Well, I, kind well, of. Well, kind yeah. of, yeah. I mean, I'm looking at little tiny scissors. Yeah. And what they, um, so there is a plastic surgeon in Beverly Hills, Dr. Michael Obang, who uh, said, listen, I'm going to help you and I'm going to do this for free. It was a four hour long procedure that cost $12,500 and TMZ shot the whole thing. Not surprisingly, she was under light (laughs) anesthesia during the procedure and, um, and it worked. She flew in from LA uh, to LA from Louisiana, hoping that um, this doctor could help her. But I was listening to you talk about this yesterday. I think it was Jason, or I don't know the day before all the days run together um, about her, lawyering up and thinking about suing Gorilla Glue. And I thought, mm-hmm. I agreed wholeheartedly with you that it was yeah. like, God, I, I mean, ha- you can't, it, it, you know, if you put it, it says, don't put it on your body. That's part of your body. Yeah, yep. I have, I, I have two tracks with her. I have a track of empathy. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see, look, no one wants to see anybody suffer. No. Unless, unless it's a horrible human being like Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah. But I don't want to see any, I want her to get better. Okay, now that's on the shelf, dot, dot, dot. 
um, pers- ha- hashtag personal responsibility. It, 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 come on. You look at the label. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you can't blame the company for everything. Um, it's very clear. Just because it doesn't specifically say hair. Come on. There has to be. There has to be a thing of common sense. There has to be um, um, a thought of common sense right. when you're dealing with this. It reminds me of the McDonald's hot coffee. Yeah. Suing. Well, that story is actually more interesting than you think. I recently Ooh. was corrected by about that. That it, there's a documentary about that woman. Yeah, that, that it really was way, that bad. Yes. yes. What is? We should find out what that documentary is called. I'll find yeah, it. it's yeah. called "It's Too Hot." Ouch! You might be right. Thanks, McDonald's. It, it's interesting. He combined adhesive remover, aloe vera, olive oil, and a dash of acetone. So that's what oh. did, that's what did the trick. I, we got all this stuff at home. <laughs> I know you're right. You're <laughs> Just wanted to give you the recipe in case you were in a pickle. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Elizabeth Rees today at three on Twin Cities Live. Hey, download original podcasts from my talk, including Deep in the Shallow, Lori and Julia's Book Club. And uh, my podcast with Colin, two fairy godfathers, mytalk1071.com. We'll be back after this. And now on Jason and Alexis in the morning, a message from our sponsor from like the 70s or 80s. Just look at all the corn, Mr. Owl. That's Niblet's corn, to be precise. Oh, corn's corn sprout, isn't it? Niblet's corn is special. Not only picked when it's fresh and crisp, but vacuum-packed with very little water. Less water than you find in cans of most corn. This helps preserve the fresh flavor and crispness of corn on the cob. There's no corn like the Giant's Niblet's brand corn sprout. Gosh, I know that. Now. This has been a Jason and Alexis classic commercial. We now return you to our regularly scheduled mediocre radio show. Niblet's corn, the official corn of Don McLean. Welcome back, everybody. Jason and Alexis in the morning. On my talk, 1071, everything entertainment, everything. <laughs> creepy name for corn. I thought his I thought that little <laughs> guy's name was Niblet. I know you did. It's Sprout. <laughs> Sprout. I saw him at the, the Thanksgiving Day Parade. I'm like, Niblet! Oh, God. He should be Niblet. That's better. Sprout. No, Sprout's cute, Lex. Right. Think of him. He looks like a little Brussels sprout. He Yeah, he does. He kind of does, yeah. Little bud. Hey, um, You've got mail. Thank you. I love our listeners. So we just got a tweet. Uh, Dawn mentioned the hot coffee lawsuit lady from oh, McDonald's. Yeah. And yeah. you can watch the documentary on Tubi for free. It's called Hot Coffee. Is it? Yeah. Okay. And and Jeff, it was so funny. A little behind the scenes thing. Kendall made that uh, same comparison, comparison yesterday on the Jason show. And my executive producer, Jeff, has a habit of like... When he wants us to correct something, he flails his arms like pigeons are attacking him. And he's like flailing his, you know, he's flailing his arms. And he's like, no, he goes, actually, that woman gets a bad rap. He goes, if you watch that documentary, you will walk away from it feeling very differently about her. Um, And I didn't know that either. It's on Tubby. It's on yeah. Tubby. I like to call it Tubby. It's on <laughs> Tubby. <laughs> tubby. It's on. It's on What's the Tubby. I have two free apps, Tubby and Pluto. Oh and yeah. None of them are that great. Tubby. And then free you. TV. You do that too, right? Yeah. Tubby. Right, yeah. Morgan Freeman. So hang in there and be strong, <laughs> Tubby. Thank you, Morgan Freeman. 
Um, oh, let right. me it's just say super hot coffee, right? Is that what you said? It's just black called, coffee. It's, no, you added the word super there. Ding okay, dong. super it's duper hot <laughs> coffee. <laughs> Got it. All right, I'm gonna watch it. Hot it's coffee. Just called hot coffee. <laughs> no, it was super what the hell hot. is wrong with me? Is it called really, really effing, effing hot coffee? <laughs> we need more adjectives here, okay? <laughs> By the way, programming note, not only will we have forced movie reviews, not only will we have Sad Song of Palooza tomorrow, but we will also have my review of Kristen Wiig's new movie, Bourbon Stir, Go to Vista Del Mar. I will oh, I give you wait. I will give you one more clue about this movie. Morgan Freeman has a cameo that Colin Matheson laughed out loud at for several minutes. And again, oh, my good. my my husband doesn't laugh out loud a lot. So he laughed That's more a lot than of laughs for him. He laughed more than 20, 20 times last night at this what? movie. Yeah. Bourbon when does Star. it officially come out? Is it Friday or is it t- tonight? I don't, I don't know, Lex. Let oh, me look okay. real quick. Right. Let me look here. Uh, and is there a platform? Where can I pay $35 to watch this? Thing? <laughs> uh, on demand tomorrow. Yes. On demand tomorrow. Um, on demand. Okay. Yeah, everywhere you rent movies. So like Apple, I think. Am- I mean, maybe Amazon. Hold on, where to watch? Let me click. I'm helping you out My here. New, okay. Uh, Prime awful Video satellite service. Okay. No, here's all the places. Prime. Um, Prime Video, Apple TV, Xfinity, Voodoo, Redbox, um, Google Play, uh, Microsoft, AMC Theaters on Demand, and Redbox. Cool. All and right. I'm really looking forward to this. I don't think that's enough options. I- just Dawn, I'll say because you won't be here tomorrow. Yeah. Just go with it. Okay. Just, just go with it. Go with it. It is <laughs> Austin Powers meets Bridesmaids. Oh my gosh. Ooh. Okay. Great. It's the humor and tone of Austin. It's the the you know the laughs are very um, not subtle in Austin Powers. Mm, um, okay. It's that kind of slapstick. That we haven't seen really. It died. It went out of fashion. Um, Austin Powers, that type of Mike Myers humor, like you know, I want freaking sharks with freaking laser beams in their freaking head. <laughs> you know, that kind of went out, mm. and we went to more uh, cerebral um, comedy. Mm-hmm. This is this is Austin Powers. It's <laughs> bridesmaids meets Moulin Rouge. <laughs> Moulin Rouge. Oh my God, I can't wait. There That's an mu- interesting mix. There are musical, <laughs> there are musical numbers. Oh, good. Oh, I'm it's excited. What, it's what we need. You got to embrace the absurdity of it. It's embrace the absurdity. Yeah, okay. I, I, I can't wait to watch it again because it will be a movie my friends and I will quote forever. Colin said that out loud. Because there are so many Kristen Wiig-esque quotables in this movie. (laughs) You know, my favorite thing that she's ever done is in Bridesmaids, and she is drunk on the plane. (gasps) That scene. I'm ready to party. (laughs) And then she goes that the the one she doesn't like. Like, there's a point of no return where it's like she can't come back from this. Where she goes, "You do." She answers something, and she's like, "Ooh!" It's just like they look at her like, "Oh." You've well, crossed the line, and I just, I always go, you do. And Lex, you'll <laughs> love it. The little, the um, the young Asian actor that you loved in the trailer that's the delivery boy. 
Oh, oh he, on the bike? Oh, he my gosh. Yeah, just, yeah. Oh, oh, Lex, he plays. He has a bigger role he, than just delivering newspapers? He, he's, he's like some mogul. They show him like in a penthouse and stuff. Oh, he's like a villain? <laughs> oh, so, I can't wait. It's ridiculous. You got to just, guys, when you press play, because at first, if I wouldn't have told you this, and Colin and I were like, oh, God, is this going to be stupid? You got to embrace it. Just embrace the absurdity. So, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Except the bit. Yes. To enjoy Bar- the ride. Bourbon Star, go to When, when does Del Mar. it come out? You've tomorrow. Come, tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yeah. So. Okay. Uh, a quick okay. version of why the hell is this on the sheet? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lex, why have you written flesh crayons on our sheet? Guys, okay, Mama got out yesterday <laughs> and got, did a little grocery shopping. Wow. And at Target, now, so I don't know, maybe these have been out for months, but this is the first time I'm seeing them, and I am so very happy because I remember when I was a child, on the table at home, there was always a big box of art supplies, including crayons, of course. And whenever yeah. I wanted to color myself, you know, a little, a little mocha latte color, my skin, I couldn't find it, the color. I had to take the flesh color, which was like a peachy color. Very pink. And then brown, yeah, yeah and pinky, yeah. yep. I had to take brown and a little white and black and make my own weird skin color with the crayons because it just and then didn't you'd reflect come out me. Blotchy, so right? Yeah, it looked like yeah. you, you were all blotchy, like a, you had a dermatologist issue. Exactly. Well, Crayola has a whole box of 24 crayons called Colors of the World, and it's all shades of flesh for little kids who can find their skin color. Yes, so there's crayons, they have markers. I went crazy in Target and bought them for all the little people that I know. Oh, that's great. I love it. They're getting them because that was just, uh, hey, it's about time. And it's just wonderful. Cool. So they're not included with the big, big box that you get because I don't know about you poor people, uh, but when I was a kid, I had that big, giant 64-pack. Everybody was, yeah, everybody was envious, and I wouldn't borrow them out to anybody because they were all mine. And oh screw gosh. you and your poor family. Go eat some government cheese, that oh kind of thing. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Yeah, I had wow. I had rose art crayons uh, pack at twelve that were wait, like wax. What? Wait, 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 even what? wax. R- rose art, rose art, not rose oh, art. Rose yeah. art. Like, is, that that a, is that a crayon company for Ozark people? <laughs> That's what I thought. You said. I thought it was just for rose. I, I thought it was from quality crayons for people that live in the Ozarks. From the rat's ass store over in town. Yes. <laughs> True. Rose art. Alexis, you know what I'm talking yes, about? Yes, I know exactly. Yep, two Rose words. Yep. And they're very waxy yep. and they don't have as much color. Oh, it's Kenny, just wax, yeah. Dawn wasn't allowed to use them city <laughs> yeah. crayons. I, I see her going out to the coal bin and grabbing a chunk of yeah. coal. And then I mixed it with some beeswax. Melting it over a fire. Oh, Rose Arc crayons. Rose Art. What person, place, or thing oh. has jumped the shark? You're going to find out uh, when we return. Stay with us. 
This portion of Jason and Alexis is sponsored by Rose Ark, Crans for Mountain People. I'm Jason. <laughs> With Lex, with Lex, Don, and Kenny. And we discovered off the air, Jason, you and I say crans the way you're supposed to say crans. Highfalutin' Don and highfalutin' Lexus say crayon. Crayon. Well, highfalutin' Don has a crayon specially made for mountain people. I don't know if it's highfalutin'. Yeah, we're the only ones that know about, knew about Rose Art. Yeah. Or Rose Arc. <laughs> Okay, what person, place, or thing? Now, yesterday it was our boss, uh, the emperor, Dan Seaman. He jumped the shark uh, for texting his morning show crew uh, at around 1130 at night. What person, place, or thing has jumped the shark today? We are about to find out. Oh, we... It would help if I actually turned down the sound effect. Three, uh, two, three. One. I'm a broadcast professional, I swear. Fire up the book. I'm jumping the shark, shark, shark. Hey. Not as good as it used to be. Things have gotten worse, not better. What happened to you? Jump the shark. It was dump a mundo. That's right. <laughs> Complete with Fonzie now. Yes. Don McLean has today's jump the shark. I what do. Is it, Dawn? Okay, there is an apartment complex that just went up in Washington D.C. and it's called the Ginsburg. Okay. And oh, okay. They, okay, so um, these happen to be extremely overpriced apartments, and they have a very aggressive advertising campaign. Uh, <laughs> it says, uh, the Ginsburg, in honor of the justice of Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, five contemporary residences, spacious, one to two bedroom layouts, uh, and um, the price for one of these, the low yeah. end is $6,900 a month. What? Whoa. Yes. So Twitter went crazy <gasps> with this. What would Ruth say? So they are catering to a hyper-specific audience, they say, um, who, I mean, they even say this in, in their advertising, you're here to make your mark on the city. Your time here may be short, but the need for elevated living remains. <gasps> So they're kind of targeting, like, mm. people that are maybe in this new administration. Um, it's just, it's so absurd. Your time here is short? Your time That's here is short. That's not good. I, I know, but they're, like, it's sort of four like, okay, lease. the government, you know, either four or eight years it overturns. So they're yeah. saying it's short, so live well while you're here. If people just went crazy on Twitter about this. Um, oh, my oh my gosh. In honor of the former Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And then it says somebody put the racial composition of residents will be a tribute to the lack of diversity among her clerks. Oh, because based, yeah, poking of, yeah, you know, yikes. making a statement about how uh, apparently she didn't have a very racially diverse uh, bunch of clerks. Clerks. Yikes, that's scary, too. Oh, my gosh. Just tons of comments here. Um, So if you can't pay your rent due to COVID-19, do you just say, I dissent? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. If you stay past your lease, the next person who moves in will destroy everything you put inside. (laughs) Oh, my. But really, honestly, how can they get away with um, naming it the Ginsburg and putting her name on it? I I just don't know. I mean, can the family 
do anything about that? Um, I mean, they're choosing to name it after her, but I I don't think the family owns this. No, I think it's complicated because she's a public figure, Mm. and I don't think her last name is trademarked. Now, if they're using her likeness, like if they're using her likeness, then that could be tricky. Yeah, she's um, her, her, her like, advertising. Sure, her face never appears in anything. It doesn't look like it's just all of the, you know, you've got all the, the floor plans, which are you know, it's just sixty nine hundred a month. You guys, I mean, it's expensive in That's Minneapolis, all. but come on. Wow. Yeah. Before you, you said Ruth, I thought you were talking about Allen Ginsberg. Oh gosh. The uh, hippie the beat writer, poet. The beat r- right, writer, yeah. Right. Oh, right. Oh, yeah, who okay. used to was, really be unhappy. Was some of his horribly depressing poetry that always, <laughs> you know, it's always about how awful life is and how awful people are. And <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> no. Well, That'd be a whole live... different kind of apartment complex, I think. But still, it's, yeah. I just think this is oh. so tacky. It's so tacky. And if you're living at the Ginsburg, you are not owning Rose Arc Crans. Let's be very clear. <laughs> Two, two different demographics. Oh, <laughs> Purveyors boy. of Rosart Crans are not living I mean, in the Ginsburg. Can somebody, please, the can somebody please that's good at Photoshop or something create a logo for Rosark Crayons? <laughs> please for me. Somebody and tweet me. Yeah. I'm seeing uh I'm seeing a lot of missing teeth and a corn cob pipe <laughs> yeah. and one of those backwoods hillbilly hats. Uh, yeah. Oh gosh. Oh, <laughs> Dawn, if you don't know bro. what we're talking about, yeah. just maybe listen to this hour of the show and the podcast yeah. or later it's today. A, it's another reason to listen to the podcast later today. Yes. Uh-huh. About that, crayons. About crayons. 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 Can I borrow crayons. your crayons? No, get away you from your poor kid. You can have my government cheese, though, Kenny, for my poor family. Yeah. As Kenny said earlier. <laughs> wow. It's been a great show. <laughs> Tomorrow, sad song of Palooza. Oh, yes. Movie reviews and my review of Bourbon Star going to Vista Del Mar. Uh, right now, go out there and be yourself because nobody can tell you're doing it wrong. Right, Lex? That's right. You be you, everyone. Have a fantastic day today. And tomorrow, it's finally, not, it's Friday. Friday. It's Friday. Yeah. I, I, we love you. Bye-bye. Punished tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs>